Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well That's done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could have edited that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, I said all this stuff. It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? and Nerds podcast. On this podcast we chat about books, the writing process and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm your host Danny V and as you can probably hear from the background noise, I'm not in the usual place I podcast. We're at Words on the Waves Festival right on the beachfront so you can hear waves out there. And with me right now is Suzanne Leal, author of novels The Deceptions, The Teacher's Secret and Border Street, a regular presenter at literary events and festivals and board member of Bad Sydney Crime Writers Festival. Welcome. Oh, so pleased to be here, Danny. <laughs> Very impressive too. I'm glad we finally caught up. I know we've um, spoken before. So we have, we have. To catch up face to face. Now, I'm really excited about today's session. You're moderating the session, uh, Better the Devil You Know, with Candace Fox, Solari Gentle and Anna Downs. I mean, what a panel. I know, I know. <laughs> great right <laughs> what do you think is going to come out of this conversation better the devil you know oh I think a lot of conversation is going to come out of the conversation <laughs> um, they're three women who know what they think and who write with fervor and enthusiasm uh, who are really making a splash in the crime writers uh, stage and I think what we're going to talk about is just why Australian crime fiction has become so well known and why it's in a sweet spot right it now. Really is. And female writers in crime. Mm. I mean, I just think it's spectacular. And um, the books that are out, we're just so spoiled for choice in Australia. We're so lucky at the moment with all these amazing crime fiction coming out. What is it, do you think? What's happening? Why are we loving all this? Why is it happening? For me, I think the development of women writers and Australian women crime writers has really given me an even greater interest in crime fiction. I think there's, for Candace Fox for example, and she's been around for, for quite a long time and she gets bigger and bigger, she's funny. Yes. She's really Bloody. funny and she's really empathetic 
and she goes beyond the trope so she she changes the good guy into the bad guy and vice versa and she makes you want to laugh I mean, her, her recent one the chase is just hilarious and the problem again is that you laugh when you think you shouldn't <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it I think with Solari Gentile she again has been on the scene for over 10 years ago with the Roland Sinclair um, series and it's, it's the same thing she's funny uh, she's quirky uh, she's got a great historical basis and I think that the women writers are just becoming better well known. Of course, Anna's come to stardom really with her debut novel, The Safe Place. And what I liked about Anna's work is, again, it's funny, it's quirky, and immediately you're in the headspace of the protagonist, Emily. And of course, there are shocks and surprises on the way. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I enjoyed all of their books, and I just think it's fantastic that they're finally getting themselves in the spotlight. So I'm really looking forward to that session today. Now, back in 2020, there weren't many writers' festivals happening, but, you know, we're back in 2021, which is really exciting. That's why I thought I'd try and hit as many as I could this year. So what do you love about a writers' festival? Oh, look, I must say, I love that they're back again. Um, last year was interesting for me because my new novel, The Deceptions, was out on the 31st of March which coincided with the first lockdown in Sydney and I had a diary full of writers festivals I had a diary full of events and suddenly it, it was, was like magic it was like that eraser board you know that you know you have that kids it's old-fashioned now but you would like be like a whiteboard and you'd write everything on and then you would just smash back the um, the, the whole board and it would be empty and so I went from this super full uh, calendar to this empty calendar and um it was i mean it was it was shocking but it was almost magical in how shocking that could be and so i suppose an answer to your question what i love about writers festivals is that they're back yes <laughs> and you get to connect with readers and other writers and it's really quite special when you come to festivals that vibe you know everyone being here for the same reason you know we love books and we love writing and and there's goodwill. I must say, and I don't think I've found an exception, that um, when I'm on stage, whether as a guest or as a moderator, the goodwill that emanates from the audience just keeps you going, keeps the conversation happy. Um, a lot of writers get nervous when they're on stage, but I really do think that the goodwill that comes of both the larger festivals and the smaller festivals is um, is extraordinary. Yeah, it's a special vibe, I think, definitely. Now, let's talk about your book. Now, out in 2019, it's an unfortunate time, unfortunately. Now, that's an interesting noise. It's a very loud dog. <laughs> it's a very loud dog. Can you give us an elevator pitch for your book, The Deception? Yes, so my book, The Deceptions, is essentially the story of Hannah, who is born, or at least grows up in the Second World War and finds herself in the ghetto of Theresienstadt outside of Prague. And the book is about her, the relationship of some sorts that develops between her and her Czech guard, a gendarme called Karol. And the book flicks from World War II Prague and Europe to modern day Sydney. And it's this relationship that's at the heart of the book and its ramifications down the generations. Mm, sounds like a lot of research went into this book, am I right? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's 
a fair bit of research. What it was, it, it was based on, to some extent, the story told to me by my old neighbours, Fred and Eva Perger. So um, years ago I lived in Tamarama, which for um, the non-Sydney siders is, is just down from Bondi. It's a really pretty beachside area and I was renting the duplex beside my landlords, Fred and Eva, who were Czech and Jewish and also Holocaust survivors. Wow. And um, over the years, and I was there for a number of years, they told me their story and Fred in particular had a photographic memory so what he told me could bring me straight back in his case to the ghetto and then to the camps and there was one story he told me uh, his girlfriend who later became his wife Eva was the daughter of a surgeon and they were all taken as Jewish Czechs into this ghetto called Theresienstadt and the surgeon became friends with one of the guards who was Czech who had broken his arm and um, Dr Fisher was his name set the arm for him and that led to some favours so uh, the guard would make sure that passes could come in from Prague to the to the ghetto and mail could come in and out the problem was that the guard himself was married and having a relationship with one of the inmates. Now that was illegal because it was Russian Shanda. She was Jewish, he was not. And that became discovered. As a result of that, he was arrested. His notebook was confiscated. The name of Dr. Fisher was in the notebook. Dr. Fisher was also arrested and taken away. And Fred knew what happened to the guard at the end of the war, but we never found out who the woman was he was having what do we call it, a relationship with. And it was that lack of knowledge that I wanted to fill. So I wanted to find out who was this woman, what happened, and what was the ramifications for her during the war and what happened to her afterwards. Oh, I love that. I love how you know, we do have to fill in history sometimes, really important historical stories. And I'm just baffled all the time when we speak about that time period in history. There's always so many new stories to learn and so many new things to learn. So I'm fascinated by that. Did you find the same thing with your research? Were you surprised by things that you came across? What was interesting is that we learn a lot of history and we learn dates, you know, um, when the war started, when the war finished, um, what uh, what happened with the Allies, what happened um, with the uh, various battles. But as a writer and as a novelist in particular, you need to know the day-by-day -day things. You need to know what was eaten. You need to, I needed to know within the ghetto what was the what were the dietary situation. Um, how did people deal with cold? Um, what was the sewage system like? Uh, and what work was done? And so that's what I had to look for. And, and you find that, well, I found that in a lot of memoirs. There's a lot of memoirs that are, that are um, written by Holocaust survivors and also Steven Spielberg um, funded the Shoah Foundation project where everyone who had been through the Shoah or the, or the, or the Holocaust could have their... Uh, experiences documented. That was interesting. There's also a big fat encyclopedia about Theresienstadt, about the ghetto by a man called Adler whose, um, whose mother perished um, in, the, in the ghetto itself I think. So yeah, so it's, it's, looking for, it's looking for that day-to-day -day and how you re replicate the day-to-day in the novel itself. Yeah. And that's what's really interesting because these days you can just Google a date, you know, it's not mm -hmm. very fascinating to Google a date, you know, that's fine. But it's those personal stories I think that make history really rich and filling in those stories yes. and, you know, telling those stories that weren't told. So I really like that about 
um, historical fiction as well. Well, I'm so glad you're at the festival and you're able to celebrate your book finally. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. It is. I must say, it is exciting. It's exciting to go out yeah. to the bookshop and and there the books are and people are enthusiastic yeah. people are listening people are people talking are people, people i think that's yeah. right I, I, and miss talking yeah absolutely now i'm really interested in the bad sydney crime writers festival i'm mm. a massive fan of crime anyone who knows <laughs> who listens to the podcast can attest to that now i you've also got a, a podcast as mm. well can you tell us about your role in the festival and your podcast as well yeah Bad Sydney Crime Writers Festival is exciting. We've been going for four years now and we're looking forward to our next festival in September this year. Good, excellent. No, it'll be, I, it's going to be a, be a corker. I'm, I'm, I'm bursting at the seams to tell people about the program, but of course it's embargoed, so I'm trying very hard not to. Uh, it's, um, it's a terrific festival that talks about really all things crime. So it's all about crime, uh, which means it's both about uh, true crime, it's about crime fiction, it's about non-fiction works, it's about social justice, it's about all those broad elements of what makes up crime and criminal behaviour. I um, started my legal career as a criminal lawyer, so I've been interested in crime from that perspective and, and really my involvement in the festival is, is a combination of my interest in, in criminal behaviour and criminal representation and also being a novelist and um, and, and I guess it's going well and, and recently we've um, been given some funding thank you very much City of Sydney for um, a podcast which we call Bad All About Crime and I co-presented with a crime writer Andy Muir no, and Andy. yeah he's great Andy. he's fun yeah, it's so I much fun Andy. I loved his books they were just so quirky and different yeah yeah, yeah. he's uh, so he, he writes about um, house painter Lockie Munro yeah, Newcastle that's exactly right yeah. and um, and so, so so that's terrific to be involved in the podcast with him so far we've got two um, podcast episodes having been released the first one is really a conversation about what got us hooked on crime and what work has really gripped us most recently. The second podcast, which has just been released, uh, we interview Caroline Overington, who's written both um, crime fiction and non-fiction, and also Catherine Kavacic, who again has written um, non-fiction most recently, The Schoolgirl Strangler, and also yes, The Shifting Landscape, which I spoke to her about. So it was really that that conversation is about uh, writing true crime and writing about crime fiction. I feel like I'm going to have to get you and Andy on. Yes. To do a little bit of a crossover. Yes, yes, yeah. Look, look, I think there's so much to say. And there's, um, and so the idea is that every month we'll have an interview with a writer yep. and then we have a conversation about it afterwards. And it's with Andy and me and um, Dr. Sue Turnbull, who's on the board, and um, our artistic director, Catherine Dupoulou-Menage. And there's a bit of argy-bargy. We don't always agree, which... <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm going to definitely check that out. It'll be the, the new one that I'll listen to. Oh, terrific, car. terrific. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> now, what is your writing process and has it changed over time? Hmm. So, my writing writing process is find the time you can to write and grab it. I, <laughs> I mean, you have four children, right? I do. Look, a few of them are older now, um, but I've got a couple of little ones as well. And I hear that even when children are older, they still need you all the time. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, look, that has been my experience, thing. although we've got number one starting to cook, which oh, is yeah, good. That's, that's great. <laughs> Um, so the process for me has always 
to try to give the best of myself to my writing and everything else gets the leftover. So if I can possibly start to write early, so if I've got a day where I can spend it at home, I'll try and get start early when everyone I've got rid of everybody and then do at least two hours and then whatever happens after that uh, at least the two hours is done because I find even if you answer one email it's like a it's like it's like a piece of wool that you just pull and you look up again three hours have passed so I suppose it's um, I've learned to make it important and to actually say that it's important and that, that it, time precious I think that's right yeah. so you don't answer the door you don't answer yep. the phone I've been googling Kate Middleton a lot and <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> so I'm trying not to do that <laughs> so keep the phone away keep the internet off give what you can to it Scrivener I'm a really big fan yep. of the software program Scrivener it it organizes things for you so for those people who don't know it you have a sidebar where you can have your work divided into chapters you've got an area for places you've got an area for characters and it means that if as often happens to me I'm stuck on a scene visually you can see hmm you're stuck on this scene that's the name of it why don't you try another scene and you can exactly and you can just move it and also because it's on the laptop you can do it anywhere yeah that's fantastic and the question I love to ask everyone who I interview uh, why do you write because I have to because um, I ask too many questions if I don't because I drive people mad because there's so much I don't understand and at least if you sit down by yourself you can try and make sense of it absolutely true and I think that's true for readers as well trying to make sense of the world I don't think we'll ever get there but we can always keep trying (laughs) I think that's right (laughs) thank you so much oh Danny thank you thank you it's it's a terrific project that you you run and I don't know where you find the time so thank you for spending the time with me thank you and it's about that it's about finding slices of time in your life and when you think things are important you do thank you thank you so so much my pleasure Danny more chats in the future fantastic thank you hey